Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Well, as I said earlier, we're beginning our 40 days of prayer emphasis. If you bought one of the workbooks, somebody told me these workbooks are too nice to write in. You were supposed to write in them, they're workbooks. Page 11 is a page for sermon notes. All the cool kids will be writing on page 11. So I'm just telling you that right now uh, while you were there. So we're going to be uh, talking for the next uh, six weeks, actually, uh, about prayer. And what we're going to be seeing is that there is nothing more important in your spiritual life, there's nothing more important in your everyday life then there is going to be that you are in prayer and communication with God on a daily basis to get closer to God, to understand more about God, to bring your life into conformity with Him, to understand what God wants you to do and how He wants you to live. The number one thing and place that you're going to need to be in is in a time and a place of prayer with God. So take your Bibles. We're going to start over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 5. Matthew chapter 6 beginning with verse 5. And uh, as you're turning over to that, uh, this is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is hitting a lot of different subjects that were on the people's mind at this time. And one of the things that they were talking about and asking about was prayer. And he's going to address it here in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Probably everybody has some kind of story you can tell about prayer. I remember when uh, I was in college, I became a youth minister at Buckner Baptist Church, a church that doesn't even exist uh, any longer, but uh, I became youth minister there. The first big trip we took was to Mammoth Cave, because how spiritual can you get with it except Mammoth Cave? So we decided we were going to Mammoth Cave. We got in the church van. We took off for Mammoth Cave. We got about Lebanon Junction, if anybody knows where that is, just about where you get out of civilization uh, is where Lebanon Junction is. And the van broke down right in the middle of the interstate, just stopped running, wouldn't go any further. Now, it was me and one other chaperone. Neither one of us were exactly mechanically inclined. We didn't know how to fix it. I finally hitched a ride to a gas station uh, that they were able to come and haul the church van into the gas station. But we've got all these kids. They don't want them in the station because it's just a small station. So they're all outside. They're getting grumpy. It's been three or four hours. It's 100 degrees. Everybody's whining and complaining. So the other chaperone and I, we decide what we need to do to pull this whole thing together in unity is to go pray. So we start trying to find a place to pray in this gas station, and we find this empty storage room. And so we go into the empty storage room, we close the door, and uh, me being the the spiritual uh, youth minister, I said, you know, we need to pray about this. So I started, we prayed for the van to be fixed. We prayed for somebody to rescue us. We prayed for unity in the group. We prayed that it would go from 105 degrees to 90 degrees. You know, we prayed for everything that I could think about. And when we got through, the other chaperone looked at me and said, man, I really feel good. I feel better about everything. I said, me too. And then we walked out to leave. And the door was locked on the other side. And we couldn't get out. And I began to kick the door and throw things and scream at the top of my lungs. And I began to think, why, Jesus? Why don't you love me? I was just praying to you. 
Well, we're going to look into our scripture this morning in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to see we often have misconceptions about God uh, when it comes to prayer. So look over to Matthew chapter 6, and the first thing we see is this. People are hardwired to pray. People are hardwired to pray. Look at chapter 6, verse 5, and look how it begins. And when you pray, just stop there. And when you pray, what is Jesus taking for granted in the very first sentence? That you are going to pray. That, that is something he's taking for granted. He didn't, you might not be a believer in God. You might be. You might have different beliefs. But everybody at one time or another feels an inner desire to pray. We're hardwired to pray. And it's a universal phenomenon. It covers every person and every continent throughout the world. Since the Garden of Eden, people are hardwired to pray. It's the way God created us. Every religion has as a main component of it this idea of prayer. People who don't believe in God still at times, you know, they commune with nature or whatever. Uh, just think about how universal it is. Uh, when Dawn and I were able to visit Jerusalem, uh, we went to the Wailing Wall. And uh, uh, there you had all the faithful Jews, a picture here of all of them, uh, as they're there at the wall praying, uh, a very integral part of Judaism. Uh, if you were to go to India, India uh, throughout India, here in the Ganges River, you see uh, Hindus that are gathering together and praying uh, there at this time. Uh, throughout the world, Muslims pray, pray uh, 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 three times a day as they look towards Mecca. Uh, you have a picture of Buddhist monks uh, that, are, that are praying uh, throughout the world. Some people that don't even believe in the kind of God that, that we might think of, uh, they commune with nature and meditate and, and pray to nature. You have Tibetan, uh, uh, Tibetan uh, prayer flags uh, that you see if you go into that area where people are putting out their prayers to God and hoping that they get up to him. People pray to idols. People pray to their ancestors. People pray to their inner self and their inner being as they kind of try to connect with themselves. But the one thing that is universal is that every person on this globe feels within themselves a need to reach out to something else. And it's because that's the way God created you. Now, a lot of people do it in ways that are never going to connect them with God, but they still feel that inner urging. There's something that is there. God created us for relationships. And that's why you will never be happy in life until you are in good relationships. The church is a relationship God gave us. The family, a relationship that God gave us. Families can have very poor relationships. When they do, people are often scarred for life. If you had an abusive mother or father and you grew up in that kind of a home, it can scar children for life because we're geared we're hardwired for those kinds of relationships. When families often go bad, you look at a lot of things in the inner cities when, when family, the breakdown of the family, and what you see is a lot of these children are joining gangs at a very early age because the gang becomes the relationship and they strive and they so yearn for some kind of relationship, even if it's a negative that's hurting themselves and others, they still gravitate towards anything that's a relationship. How about politics? Politics has become something that we are now using as, as our relationship model. That, that's what we're going to get into. That's what we're going to do. If politics is the way we form our relationships, be afraid. Be very afraid. 
as you look out there. Uh, how about sports teams? Have you seen any fanatical sports fan out there that if they just see somebody else wearing their, their same jersey, they're instant friends? You know, watch the Buffalo Wild Wing commercials. You know, uh, if you haven't, you know, you become friends for life just because somebody's wearing the right kind of jersey. I found this picture uh, here on the Internet. These people have bonded together. Look how crazy they are. It is sub-zero weather. They have no shirts on. And they're Buffalo Bill fans. How sad is that entire picture? But why are they together? Because somehow there's a relationship in the fact that they all cheer for Buffalo that's there. That's the way God hardwired us was for relationship. We were created for relationship. And the number one way that you're going to be in a relationship with God is through prayer. And that brings us to the second thing that we see in our scripture passage. We're hardwired for prayer, but the average person's pretty bad at it. The average person seems to be pretty bad at prayer. And the reason we're pretty bad at prayer is for a very simple reason. It's not that God's hard to communicate with or that somehow we have to use the right words or do it in just the right way. We're we're bad at prayer because we have some basic misconceptions about what prayer is. And we carry those misconceptions over into our prayer time, and then we wonder what's going on and why isn't prayer doing what we thought it was going to do. So we have some basic misconceptions that cause us to be bad when it comes to prayer. Now, in our scripture, Jesus (coughs) mentions two of these things that are misconceptions that we have. Look down to verse 5 again. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners, so that they can be seen of others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So Jesus says one of the misconceptions we have about prayer is that we just pray so that other people can see us and be impressed. When they look at us, they say, man, aren't they holy? Aren't they good religious people? Look how they pray. I remember when I was growing up, I I went to a small uh, Baptist church growing up, and uh, we had a couple of people in the church that if the pastor said, will you close us in prayer? I would go, oh, no. You know, this is going to be longer than the sermon. You know, they're going to tell you every single thing they know about the Bible before their prayer is over. You know, it was just brutal, you know, uh, when you got in there. You know, and, and so we think just by, by being seen that somehow that's going to get us closer to God. Look how faithful I am in prayer. I was with a a couple of friends of mine at uh, Wild Eggs a couple of months ago, and there was a table of about 14 people who were having their Bible study. And uh, when their food came, uh, the guy who I assume was the pastor stands up at at Wild Eggs right down here uh, on Westport Road, stands up and says, excuse me. And everybody looks at him in the whole restaurant, and he said, we are about to pray. You can join us or not, but we will be praying. Dear Lord. And I remember my reaction was to start laughing out loud. Now, I don't know if that's the reaction a pastor should have to another pastor praying in public, but that was my reaction. I just really thought that was funny. But you know what the scripture says? Well, they've received their reward. What does that mean? Well, people saw you. If that's what you wanted, people saw you, and uh, so that's your reward. If that's what you wanted to get out of prayer, you're never going to really connect with God in that kind of way. Then look down, he tells us a second 
misconception that we have about prayer. And uh, that's down in verse 7. Down in verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans. They think they will be heard because of their many words. So a second misconception that we have about prayer is that if we just talk enough or if we say the right words, then God's going to hear us and will answer us. Like there's some secret formula. Have you ever heard people say, oh, no, I don't know if I said quite the right right thing when I prayed or not. You know, maybe God didn't understand me because I didn't use all the right words. Or maybe I didn't pray long enough. Maybe if I had just prayed longer, uh, then, then God would have listened to me or something like that. So we think by babbling on, we're told, that somehow God's going to, to hear us better. Or by saying the right words, God's going to respond better. And so that, that's how we're seeing it. And so we babble on. We try to say all the right words. We try to get everything right. So those are a couple of misconceptions that we have about prayer. But there's other misconceptions that we have about prayer today. One of the misconceptions is that, that prayer is some kind of magic formula. It's like a magic wand. So you want something, and you take out your prayer wand, and you go, God? And then God goes, okay, I'll answer your prayer. Or we think that prayer is something else. We think that, that prayer is like a Coke machine. You take out your money, you put your money in, and say, what do I want from God? Oh, I want number, number three there. And then God gives you what you want. That's what we think prayer is. Or we think prayer is like a genie in a bottle. Uh, anybody remember the movie Aladdin? You know, kids are not remembering that movie anymore. They need to, uh, they need to yeah, pray, play the old movies, people. Come on. You know, Aladdin, Aladdin's, Aladdin's a good movie there. Hey, you rub the lamp and you get three wishes. That's what we think God is. Okay, God, I'm going to tell you what I want. I've rubbed the lamp and you better do it. And then this is what happens if that's our misconception of prayer. If our misconception of prayer is I tell God what I want and he's supposed to do it, and then you tell God what you want and you don't get it, then we have a crisis of faith. Oh, my goodness, but I told God that's what I wanted. Why didn't it happen? How come he doesn't love me? Uh, You know, what's going on? Does God even exist? I had a whole list of things here for him to do for me, and he didn't do them. He must not love me anymore because we see prayer as some kind of rubbing a genie in a bottle. Another misconception we have about prayer is that prayer is like a fire extinguisher. That, that when things go bad, you crack the glass, pull it out, and, and God's there to take out your fire. You know, and so we only pray when there's an emergency. Uh, 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 time to call God in. And you run in there and you do the prayer. Well, Lord, haven't talked to you in about six months. It's bad now. Come on down here and save me. Why didn't you save me the second I told you to, God? Don't you love me? And then that's a misconception that we have about prayer. What if the only time someone ever called or talked to you was when they needed something? What would you do when you saw their number on your caller ID? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, sorry, busy, you know, so, so, something like that. Everybody in this room has got people like that in your life. The only time they ever contact you is when they want something. You know that pretty quickly. How do you think God feels when what he wants from us is a personal relationship and all we give him is a list of demands of the things that we want in life? God's got to feel sometimes like a mall Santa Claus. Got a picture here of a mall Santa Claus for you. The poor guy is about to pass out up there and they're winding around the room 
to get up to give their list of all the things that they want from him. And I wonder if that's how God feels, that we're lined up trying to get things from him and we miss the whole point of what prayer is. So what is prayer? We're hardwired to pray, but sometimes we have a misconception that causes us to misunderstand prayer. So what is prayer? What's the point? Prayer is communicating with God, and it's about a relationship with God. Prayer is communicating with God, and it's about a relationship with God. Think with prayer as you talking to God and being in a relationship with God. That's what prayer is all about. That's what prayer really is. Look back to chapter 6, verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 6. So he said, okay, some people want to pray to be seen, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. There's so much in that one sentence. He says, when you pray, go into your room and close the door. A prayer is a personal communication between you and God. Have you ever been on the telephone before with a group of people and you didn't exactly want to put it on speakerphone because this was something personal between you and them? Every time you get a phone call, would you want to put it on speakerphone? Probably not. God says, hey, this is a communication between you and me. So come to me, be with me, share with me. You know, it's not that we can't pray in public, we were supposed to, but this is a personal time between you and me where we're getting closer to one another, where we're sharing life with one another, where you're learning more about me, I'm learning more about you, that prayer is a time for us to communicate and draw closer to God. So he says, go into your room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. What's he mean by that? Well, we don't literally see God, but God is present. Two times in one sentence, how does Jesus describe God? What's the name he uses for God in verse 6? Father. Twice he refers to God as Father. The word is Abba. It means Daddy. Twice he says, go into your room, close the door, and talk to Daddy. Talk to one who is personal and loves you and is your heavenly father and wants to communicate with you. That's much different than saying, hey, here's my list of demands, great God up there somewhere, now do it. It's much different to go into your room and close the door and say, Daddy, this is my life. This is where I'm hurting. This is the challenges I have. These are the big decisions I have to make. These are problems I've run into because I've been stupid and messed up over and over again. I've got some big decisions to make, and I don't know what to do. I don't know the right direction to take. I don't know if this is good or bad. I, I, I just need to get through that. I'm tired to go into the room and to talk to your heavenly Father who loves you. That's what prayer is. It's not giving God a list of demands. Now, with your best friend, there will be times you'll say things, well, can you help me with this or, or something like that? You know, but it, your, your relationship isn't based on what you want them to do for you. Your relationship is based on love and something much different. And that's what a relationship with God is. It's based on who he is in our life. And then we're told something at the end of verse 6. Then your father who sees you in secret, will reward you openly. 
Now, this goes back to verse 5 when he says, okay, they've received their reward. What they wanted was to be seen. They were seen. They got their reward. You're going to God for what reason? You're going to God to say, I want to get closer to you. I want my life better. I want to be able to make good decisions. I want to know what to do. I want to put away some bad things in my life that are holding me down. And you go into your room in private and you communicate with God. And then God says, when you do that, I will reward you openly. It doesn't mean you get a lot of money. It means I reward you openly. I'm going to give you what you're asking for. I'm going to give you direction. I'm going to give you encouragement. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you the things that you are looking for when you come to me and share your life with me. I'll reward you openly, and you'll begin to receive those things that you're so yearning for in life. And you're never going to receive them until you do enter into this kind of relationship with God. And so that's why prayer becomes absolutely essential because it's the way our whole life is going to begin to revolve around him and our life will become better. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture passage. God wants to communicate with you and he doesn't want it to be hard. God wants to communicate with you. He's the one that initiated it and he doesn't want it to be hard. You know why prayer is hard today is because we misunderstand it. Our our whole thing is, God, do this for me. If you don't do it, how come you don't love me? And we miss the whole point of prayer being, no, prayer is, is sharing your life in an intimate relationship with God. And as you do, you begin to see your life take on a new level because of that communication that you have with God. Look at verse 8 of our scripture passage. Verse 8. Jesus is just talking about the pagans who babble on with their words And he says, don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. There's not some secret formula to prayer. There's not something, oh, no, I left this out, you know, or something. Or or God might have missed this. Or maybe God misunderstood me when I said that. You don't have to worry about any of those things. It says here, look, daddy knows what you need before you ask him. You know, he wants your best. All you've got to do is come to him and be willing to share your life. He already knows what you need. What he's wanting from you is the relationship. And what's that trying to tell us is that God hardwired you for prayer and he wants to communicate with you in prayer. It wasn't supposed to be hard. It wasn't supposed to be mysterious. We've made it that way through our misconceptions of what it's all about. But God wants to speak to you. God wants to direct you. God just wants to be with you. There will be times that you will be with God, and the only thing God wants from you in that time is you. He just wants you to be with him. He just wants you to be present. He just wants to love you and put his arms around you and just to share with you. And we miss all of that when we make God one of our misconceptions. But it's not supposed to be hard. Over the next 40 days, both in our Bible studies and in the times here on Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, We're going to be answering questions that you have about prayer. One of the things I'd like for you all to do, if you have a question about prayer, if you will write it down and just stick it in at the Welcome Center when you leave over the next couple weeks, in four weeks we're going to have a sermon uh, series where we're just answering your questions about prayer. If, If it's not directly answered in the sermon, Somebody on staff will answer your prayer question and send it back to you. 
What that meant was if it's really hard, I'll get somebody besides me to answer it and, and send it back to you. But your question will be answered, okay, either on a sermon or, or we'll get back to you. Now, don't turn it in without a name or anything on it and think we're going to answer you, you know, because that's a different level of prayer. Lord, I don't know who, who did this. Help me to know so I can answer their question for them. So put your name and, and email or something on that so we'll know. But do that. We're going to start answering your questions on prayer as we go through this. God wants to reveal himself God wants to be in a relationship with you. There's a name probably, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it, Chip Gaines. Anybody ever heard that name? Anybody? Yeah. Had a little show that was not on anymore called Fixer Upper. Well, now him and his wife Joanna have some big decisions to make, like what do we do with the rest of our life? How do we continue to make multi-millions of dollars? You know, what are we going to do? And so Chip Gaines said he was in his office the other day, and he was just sitting there, and he started daydreaming about all the different things they could do. And if you know anything about Chip Gaines, he's a big dreamer, you know. So he's dreaming about all these different things that him and Joanna could do, and he looked down, and the newspaper was on the the desk before him. And he said a little prayer, and he said, Lord, lead me to the next stage. What do you want me to do in life? And he's thinking the next stage is going to be some big, magnificent thing that God wants him to do. And then he glanced down at the newspaper, and it said this, church under the bridge being forced to move. And he thought, well, that's interesting. And so he started looking at it. This is the church under the bridge. Church under the bridge, you see, was founded when Chip and Joanna Gaines were at Baylor University. It was founded by a student at Baylor who was in their their seminary, and the student went and found all these homeless people were living under this bridge, Fidoc, right down from Baylor. And so this guy just went down there and started a church for the homeless people on Sunday morning. It grew from 20 or 30 homeless people who might gather around. Today, there's about 300 people that gather every Sunday morning and have church down there. It's very well known in the Waco area. It's for for poor people. It's for homeless people. And now just everybody just kind of comes and shows up at the church. So he's reading that what is happening is they're doing construction here on this overpass, and the construction is going to last for about a year and a half, and so all these homeless people are going to be displaced, and there's nowhere for the church to meet now. And so Chip Gaines said a light bulb went off in his head, and he called Joanna into the office, and he showed her the article, and he said, I was just praying, and I just kept staring at this article, and he said, what if every Sunday morning church under the bridge met at the silos until the bridge is repaired. And so that's what they've decided to do. And so from uh, this time on until it's repaired, church under the bridge is going to meet at the silos. It's already started to get a big buzz among the fixer-upper enthusiasts to where now people are wanting to come from out of town to go to church under the bridge at the silos and then shop at Magnolia when they get there. And so this is what the pastor of Church Under the Bridge said. He said, we have an amount of money that we take in every week. We know that there's going to be a lot of people coming in that are going to put more money in the coffers than have ever been there before. Every penny that's put in above what we normally take will now be used for one thing, to care for the homeless in Waco, Texas. So there was a guy just dreaming and looking at his newspaper, and God directed him. See, that's called a relationship where God says, I want you to talk to me. I'm going to talk to you. He was looking for some big thing for him and his wife were going to do. What's the dream for us? And God said, the dream today 
is for you to make a difference in these people's lives. As you enter into a relationship with God, your whole life is going to be different. And it's all going to start with prayer. Let's have a prayer. Father, we come today, and my prayer for all of us gathered is that no matter what our relationship with you is right now, that when this 40 days are over, we are closer to you. That we have, we have made our prayer life stronger, that we have connected with you in a better way, that, Father, we are closer to you than we've ever been. That's my hope and prayer for every single person in this room. And so we just now look to you, Father, and we open ourselves up to that relationship you want with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we said prayer is a relationship and God cares for you. And as we go into this time of invitation, there's several things you can do in that relationship. If you've got problems, things going on in your life, you can just come and you can go to this altar and you can just pour them out to God. Say, Lord, I'm hurting. This is where I'm hurting. And we have people that love to pray with you as well. You can come during this time and say, I need a church family. And I'm going to join this church and be a part of this church family. And and, uh, I just need that relationship with the church family, Lord, that you're offering me. And for some of you, you've never even made that commitment to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And maybe today you've heard God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. He cares about you. And you want to come and say, I want to start that relationship with him. Something that I hope everybody does is just say, Lord, over the next few weeks, help me get closer to you. Mean that, and I think that God will definitely do that in the days that are ahead. Because God doesn't want this to be hard. When you open yourself up and come to him, he's going to be there and reveal himself to you. You respond as God leads you. Hey, as, uh, as we go out today, there's a couple of things. First of all, you saw the Drake family come down earlier. Uh, their son, Ryan, is going to be having uh, some major surgery on Tuesday. Certainly be in prayer for him uh, as, he, as he goes into that surgery and be in prayer uh, for the entire family. Uh, we're beginning our uh, Bible studies with our 40 days of prayer today. In your bulletin, there should have been a, a list of all of the sites uh, that, that we're there. There are also... Uh, some on Sunday morning, something you can go to as soon as this is over. Uh, you can go to a, a small group there, uh, here on, on campus. We'll also be doing one on Wednesday nights here at church, uh, one of the 40 days of prayer. And there's one at my house in Crestwood, Kentucky. So if you are an Odom Countyan, man, I mean, you can't get any better than that, does it? I mean, come on out to my house uh, Thursday at 6.30, and uh, uh, we'll have a... Uh, uh, Old popcorn or something for you there uh, when you come. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll sell the popcorn too. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that's good. Uh, don't forget to get your uh, workbook, uh, eight bucks. And uh, oh man, look how nice that is. And, uh, but not, that's uh, very helpful as you go through it. So uh, all that's kicking off uh, this morning. And, uh, and so hope that you get involved in one of our groups. Brother Larry? Come on up, guys. Want to introduce Kathleen Brown and her son Taylor Brown, and they come uh, from the Southeast Christian Church to be a part of our church now. You want to feel like God's leading you here to serve at Westport Road, and Jesus Christ is in your life, and He's in all of ours. And, and you've made a great decision because, because I'm prejudiced. I, you know, I think our church is the greatest church in the world, and uh, you'll be praying for the Browns, will you not? Amen. Amen. Great. 
Some of our folks are lined up over here. They're going to be, I hope they are, coming by and speaking to them. If they're not, you come by and speak to these folks and tell them you're glad that they're a part of Westport Road Baptist Church. Would you do that, please? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of prayer that we can talk to you every day, anywhere, anytime, about anything. We thank you for that, for that ability to do that. So be, be with us now as we leave this place. Bless everyone here. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word. Thank you.